Welcome to Kuhau Podcast. We thank you for tuning in. If this is your first time listening in with us, we want you to know that you are a part of a new loving family. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message encourages you and transforms your life. Now stay tuned for today's message. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 13 through 16 says, And we shall all come together to that oneness in our faith and in our knowledge of the Son of God. We shall become mature people, reaching to the very height of Christ's full stature. Then we shall no longer be children carried by the waves and blown about by every shifting wind of the teaching of deceitful people who lead others into error by the tricks they invent. Instead, speaking the truth in a spirit of love, we must grow up in every way to Christ who is the head under his control all the different parts of the body fit together and the whole body is held together by every joint with which it is provided so when each separate part works as it should the whole body grows and builds itself up through love don't you guys bow your heads and close your eyes as i pray lord i i thank you for this opportunity to speak to your church I thank you that you've, you've blessed us with such an amazing community and body of people. And I ask that in this moment, Lord, that you, you may do what only you can do. As the song we sang said, Lord, that you may make a way and that at the end of this message, we may be a church that is left not just feeling good, but transformed and closer to you. In Jesus' name we say, amen. So uh, for those of you who know my family, and, and some of you might not, but I'll explain, uh, you will know that I have three older brothers, and all three of them look and are really intimidating, and I don't. Like, like Raul, like he looks like, just like he's not a dude you ever want to mess with. Ro himself, he just has this solidness and this confidence, and he even does jujitsu now. My other brother uh, is a purple belt in jujitsu, and I, I'm tall, you know, I'm good. But all my life, they've been bigger than me, stronger than me. Um, I'm trying to think if I've ever beaten any of them in anything, and not close, but they've always been big, and Fo specifically is like six foot four, and I remember being in middle school, like, I, I need to be tall, like, I do not want to be short, like, that's the last thing that I need, and so I remember, like, getting into, like, research, I was Googling before Google was a thing, y'all remember Ask Jeeves, right? Um, I was researching, like, how to get tall, and I found two things, for whatever reason, uh, it was drink milk and sleep a lot. So what did I do? I, I drank milk and I slept and I dedicated myself to this because I wanted to grow, to be tall. And you know what? Here I am, six foot two, taller than two of my older brothers. I still never reached Foles height. And, and I wanna say it's because of the milk um, and it is because of the sleep and help all you guys out who are below five, six. But I'm friends with Zab and my friend Zab sleeps more than anybody that I know. And, <laughs> <laughs> just, maybe it's the milk. It might be. 
Might stop drinking that almond milk. Um, but I have, I, more than that, like I was so consumed with growing. And really in anything, like I've found that I want to be the best, like the very best, like no one ever was. Um, <laughs> thank you for catching that event. And like anything that I do, and it could be the most trivial things, like I can't go bowling with it, people, without coming home and like Googling like how to bowl and what's the oil they put on the floors and what's the way. Did you know you're not supposed to bowl it straight? It's supposed to like, you gotta like curve it a little. You guys are looking at me like, yeah, you're never gonna be good at bowling, I know. Um, I've tried to get good at being like good at pool, which I think I've played pool like seven times in my life, but I play pool, I play one game, and I go home consumed, like, I gotta grow in this area. I gotta become the best pool player. Not because I like pool, I don't like pool. I will never suggest like, hey, what do you wanna do, Ruben? Oh, let's go play pool. No, I just don't wanna be not good at it. Like, I just wanna be better than everybody, just for the sake of being better, and I've always like found that no matter what I do, if I'm assigned to it, like, I want to try to be the best at it. Like, I want to grow at it. I'm extremely competitive. Um, it's terrible in video games. Like, I find myself, I've, like, I've, I've got into this new game, and my friends are, like, trying to help me get better at it. And I'm, like, telling myself, like, Ruben, don't go down the rabbit hole. Because the internet will teach you how to be good at anything you want to be good at. Like, there's a TikTok video for it. Like, that's it. And like you, you can watch like thousands of hours. And I've, I'll be honest, I've done it before. I've looked up, how do you get good at this game? What are the right powers to use? And uh, two hours go by and I'm Pinteresting video clips on just how to be good at a thing that I should be doing for leisure. Because for whatever reason, I've always wanted to grow in wherever I was, even video editing, right? Me and Dyron became video editors over this summer. That's what we did. We went to the University of YouTube and we mastered. So <laughs> we learned a lot. We learned one, don't try to video edit on a computer that can't. You'll end up awake until eight o'clock in the morning. Um, we learned a lot and I tried to learn color correcting. I said, you know what? I'm doing good at this video editing thing. This isn't enough. I need to make the video clips line up. And I tried, I really tried. I spent hours and then I sent them to Roe. I said, what do you think? He said, honestly, I think it looked better unedited. <laughs> That's how not good at it I was. But I really, really tried to pour myself into this thing. And, and I think that maybe me, it consumes me a little bit. And I try to be good just at too much. But I think all of us would say that we tend to want to do well. Or we want to get better at a lot of things in our life, maybe our job, maybe our personal lives, we all have hobbies, we all think, have things that we wanna be better in. And I think that's because innately, the reason why people are competitive, innately the reason why if someone goes, I bet, I bet you can't make this shot from over here, and you'll pour yourself into trying to make a shot for no reason, is because we want, we are wired for growth. We're wired to want to do better than we were. I think innately, we want that. I think we would all agree. Like, yeah, I don't want to be in a season or in a job and, and a year later be as good as it, I was a year ago. I want to have increased. And Ro has even said at times, the sign of a healthy thing is that it grows. And when we look at Ephesians, I think when we look at this passage, we can learn a lot 
about, about growth today. And, and, and if I could just summarize what he says in it, he's talking about coming together in faith in the knowledge of Jesus. And he says that this will result in us becoming mature people. And what is, he says, after we have become mature, we're no longer children. And when we are no longer children, we will no longer be carried around by every wave. He says, we shall no longer be children carried by the waves and blown about by every shifting wind of the teaching of deceitful people. Is there anybody here today, I, I want to hear you guys talk back, that wants to be, stop being carried by the waves of life? Like, like I want to stop being carried by the waves of my emotions. I want to stop being carried by the waves of my problems that, that so many things can just come and carry, I love that verbiage, just carry me away. He says, the result of growth, that once we've grown, we will no longer be carried. And so if we want this, we've got to grow. Essentially what he's saying is it can be broken down like this. We need to unite in faith and in Jesus and we need to grow. And when we do this, we won't be so easily tripped up, so easily tricked. And then he goes back and he says we have to speak the truth in love and unite under his leadership. And then he says when we do that, the entire body, and he's talking about the church community that he's writing this letter to. And when we do this, the entire body, the entire community grows and builds itself up through love. In other words, your growth isn't just for you. Can you guys say that with me? My growth isn't just for me. It's for us. Now look at the person you're here with, maybe the person you're watching this with, and I want you to look at them and say, I'm going to grow for you. I'm going to grow for you. See, there's a lot happening in these few verses, and, and his primary reason for writing this letter is unity. But he's, he's talking about faith and love and Jesus and all these things, but he's also talking about growing into those things. And he's talking a lot about growth, and I want to zero in on this idea. And my, my name of my, uh, the name for this talk is simply this, where... Do we grow from here? Where do we grow from here? See, these last few months, I've seen some new faces. I've seen some familiar faces that feel new. Uh, I, and as we come to a close, to a, as we come to the close of another year, I think it's natural for us to ask this question towards the end of every year, right? You want to go into the new year better and doing better. And, and especially at the end of a year like 2020, you could find yourself asking, where do we go from here? Like, like what, what do we do now? But I want to change that to, to where do we grow? See, because I know that, especially from personal experience, whether you are new to this faith or you are a seasoned veteran and you have been serving Jesus for years, there's, there's no doubt in my mind that after a year like 2020, we are all asking, what now? Where do we go? You know, I, I was writing this, and I thought of how in 2019, Pastor Roe would joke, and he would say, man, I just learned how to effectively pastor last year. He would say that. All of 2019, yo, I just learned how to effectively pastor last year. 
And then 2020 happened. And we just, uh, it was back to the drawing board. I became a pastor in 2020. I appreciate your support. Because I'm going to people who are supposed to be mentoring me, pastors I know. Hey, what are you? Oh, I, don't, I don't got the answers. No, we, we just, 2020 was the year of looking around like, I don't know. And we've all taken a step back. Even in, even in our leadership, we realized that, that this thing, man, it just unshoveled us. And some of us might be asking, like, how do I grow into where I once was? Because I feel so far away from where I, the progress I had made. And I just know, just from experience and just from having felt so lost, that, that going into 2021, as this year comes to a close, we only have a few more weeks, it's very easy to say, how do I grow from this? And I want to help us grow. I, that's what I want to focus on today. Do you guys want to grow? Yeah. In the comment section, can you make some noise? Say, we want to grow. Here, here are the three things I'm going to share. I want to give them to you so they can marinate and so that you can meditate on them. Perseverance, prayer, and people. people. I appreciate you wanting that, but uh, <laughs> perseverance, prayer, and people. You guys ready to dive in? Yeah. Uh, Yvette, Yvette is ready to dive in. Are you guys ready to dive in? So if we go back into Ephesians, he says, we shall no longer be children carried by the waves and blown about by every shifting wind of teaching of deceitful people who lead others into error by the tricks they invent. And I see this, and this is the principle I extract from it. Perseverance. See, you cannot grow if you are unwilling to be uncomfortable. Many times what feels like suffering is actually God sifting and when we surrender to that process, he stretches us. So now it's, it's important to know that in this, this uh, excerpt, Paul's not explicitly talking about perseverance. But I believe that what he's talking about is the byproduct of having, perse having persevered. That if we have grown, we will no longer be carried by the waves. We will no longer be tricked. But he's saying no longer. And so it's to, almost as if to say that in the process of growing, he says no longer will we be children, but children grow. And so in the process of having been children, we will have been tricked at some point in our lives. We will have been carried by waves. We will have been affected by trials and storms and problems. See, the question isn't that are the, are the waves going to come. The question is will we persevere when they do? How do we grow? By, by adopting a mindset of perseverance through the waves. By persevering when the wind has thrown us. By persevering when we've been tricked. By when we've been knocked down. When we should have known better. See, the Bible, it's a verse I'm very fond of quoting. And it says that a righteous person falls seven times but gets back up seven times. 
And it's, it's almost as if to say that your righteousness isn't in your lack of falling. It's in your ability to stay the course and get back up and cling to Jesus. That the more you persevere, that the more you, you hang on, that the less likely it is that the same wave that once carried you will do the same. Have you ever been there? Have you ever looked back and said, Oh, that was something that would have triggered me a year ago. That was something that would have triggered my anger issues. That was a, a, a something that would have tricked me. That's someone that, that I would have fallen for that deceit. But here I am and I'm able to look back and say, my, how I've grown. But could you imagine if we didn't do that? If you gave up, I want you guys to personalize this. Think about this. If you gave up the first time you got carried by a wave of life. It would have happened to me when I was two, probably. I don't know. Like, life is life. Could you imagine if you gave up the first time someone tricked you? The first time someone played you, someone manipulated you, someone deceived you. Could you imagine if you gave up? And man, has 2020 been the year of not giving up? The year of perseverance, the year of I don't know what I'm doing. Do you know? But we're just going to keep hanging on. There's, there's a poem. It's my favorite poem. It's If by Rudyard Kipling. And in this line, he says that if you can hold on when there's nothing left in you except the will. You got nothing left but your will, which simply says to hold on. And he goes on in this list of if you can do this, if you can do this. Then he says, you'll, what's more, you'll be a man. And what's more, all is the world and everything in it, essentially to say that, that if you can just hold on, you, you will have access to so much more. And I want to amplify that, that, that man, even when there's nothing in us at times and we feel empty, that we as believers know that we serve a God who, who we can say, the Bible says, I place my faith in your, my hope in your unfailing love. That when I feel failed and when people let me down or when I've experienced failure, I can place my hope in his unfailing love. In Hebrews, it says that Abraham, this is a crazy line to me. It says that Abraham believed against all hope that God would come through. And we can do that. And, and, and I know that, that it's so much, it's so valuable to our growth because of this guy named James. See, James talks about trials, and Paul's using waves and, and, and all these things as, as a kind of a metaphor for the trials of life, and I kind of see James as a surfer in my mind, because he talks about trials, and if I'm thinking of trials as waves, James says to get excited for waves, far out dude, James says when you see a wave, you should be like, gnarly, this is righteous, this is, this is what James says, he says, my dudes, consider yourself fortunate, man, when like all kinds of trials, they like just come your way, man. I'm tempted to read the whole thing in that voice, but I won't. He says, consider yourselves fortunate when trials come your way. Why? Because you know that when your faith, not if, when your faith succeeds in facing trials, the result is the ability to endure. And make sure that your endurance 
So what am I doing? I'm, I'm considering it joy when a problem comes my way. And then what am I doing? I'm making sure that my endurance carries me all the way. Why? Make sure your endurance carries you all the way without failing so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. What, what's his steps? Well, if you grind enough, if you, no, no, no. If you just let the trial come and face the trial and you persevere through it, the very perseverance is the thing that allows you to become perfect and complete and makes you whole. See, see the reason why perseverance is the gateway to your growth is that God will often use the uncomfortable, unfortunate, and unsettling things of our lives to produce an endurance in us. And that endurance will carry us into a place of wholeness and into a place of growth. And it can be so tempting to run away from those things. I think of the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego who are faced with being thrown into a fire. And their response is, we know God can deliver us from the fire, but even if he doesn't. And I just think of how different the story would be if he would have just saved them. But it's a so much more powerful story that to know that he was in the fire with them and prevented them from being burned. There are so many times that we can throw in the towel right before the very thing that we were being carried to that would have made us whole and perfect was on the other side. What if, what if we started letting our endurance our perseverance carry us in the midst of the waves trying to. Like it may look like, what if, what if you could look at people and say, hey, listen, it may look like the waves are carrying me, but I am standing firm on my perseverance. This thing called perseverance. See, when I ride the waves of life with perseverance, I now take control and I am in control. And James says to get excited when you see the waves because you have this thing called perseverance. And if you go through the waves of life, if you go through your trials and your problems and your issues and your obstacles with perseverance and you don't throw in the towel and you don't give up, what you find on the other side is God is using those very things to make you whole. And lacking nothing. Number one is perseverance. It's the path to our growth. If we want to grow, we have to adopt this mentality of perseverance and sticking it through. And I know because there's been so many times that I've wanted to quit, that I've wanted to give up. How many months are in a year? Twelve? At least twelve times this year I wanted to quit. How many days are in a year? 52? No, that's weeks. 52? At least 52 times I wanted to quit this year. How many days? 365. I'm impressing Roe with my math right now. 365 days. At least 365 days out of this year I wanted to quit and give up. But each time he has proven that he is stronger, that he's doing something. I, I, I am so... You, I, what Roe said weeks ago, he said, what if... COVID-19, what if 2020 is the mess that God is using to produce an awakening, to produce a, a, a revival unlike anything the world has seen? And what if he's doing that for your own life? And all that you need to do is hold on and persevere and let it carry you through. But it's not just about growing. It's about growing in the right things. So if we look back at Ephesians, it says... 
Instead, by speaking the truth in a spirit of love, we must grow up in every way to Christ who is the head. Because it's under his control that all the different parts, Paul is speaking towards unity, and he says it's under his control that all the different parts of the body, all the different parts of this community are going to fit together. And the whole body is held together by every joint with which it is provided. Under whose control? Jesus's. And the main point of all of Ephesians is to encourage this community to, to become more united. And Paul is saying that the way we do this is by understanding that Jesus is the head and that he's under control. We have to surrender to his control if we want to grow in unity. And I think that that's just an, a principle that applies to every area of our lives. That if we want to grow, whether it be our careers, whether it be our relationships, whether it be our personal lives, we have to understand that Jesus is the head. And if we know that he's the head, we know we need to be in communication with him. We know we need to surrender him. And that comes through a life of prayer, of starting our day saying, Lord, what is it that you would have for me? Lord, what is, it, where, what is the direction you are pulling me in for my life? See, the fact of the matter is that you and I were created with a purpose in mind. And there are areas that I'm designed to thrive in. There are areas that I'm never going to thrive in. That's what Lisa says every time I ask to join the worship team. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. She doesn't say that. She thinks it. No. Um, but you know what's crazy? That even though there are areas that you are not designed for, it is so easy and it's so possible to be good at and to grow in things that were never meant for you. I know. I tried color correcting. Please, I've done it. I made a rap song with Dyron. And I think it was pretty good. It was pretty good, right, Dyron? I'm not going to tell you guys what Dyron's saying. But I think it was good, all right? I made a rap song with Ro one time. The time that it took for me to make that one song with Dyron, he probably made five songs. Because if that's how not meant for me rap is. There's a whole lot that goes into it. First of all, rhythm. <laughs> I wasn't, that was just, a, that wasn't a joke. That was the truth. Laugh at my pain. Okay, you guys come up here. Be vulnerable. Um, and then, like, it's rhythm and coordination, which I have neither. Um, Sarah's laughing because she, she, she suffers from the same thing. Right? Yeah. She told me last Sunday. That was her testimony. She was like, me too. Let's, let's pray for each other. <laughs> I made a rap song. Because it's that possible to, to get into things. Is Dyron called to be a rapper? I would say yes. I think he's talented and designed for music and God's going to use him mightily. Is he going to use... Yeah, you guys can give Dyron some love. I know that I'm not. Like if, if, if Reach Records said, yo, we want to sign you today, I would say no thank you. Like I appreciate it. Let me tell you about my friend Dyron. Like, you know, like... Like, I just know that, that it's not something I would ever be interested in doing. But it's so easy for us to get involved in those things. And so when we're the head, we can find ourselves leading ourselves into areas of life and growing into things that years later we're saying, this isn't meant for me. 
in our careers, in, in our relationships, in our own personal lives, trying to become things we were never meant to be. And so in order for me to grow into the mold that's, that's made for me and that's destined for me, I need to be in tune with the one who made me. And that takes understanding that he's the head, he's the leader, I'm the body, and if he's the head and I'm the body, I need signals. I need to be in communication with him. I need prayer in my life so that he is constantly reminding me of who he's called me to be, of who I'm, 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 what I'm called to do in my life. And, and we're reading Ephesians 4 right now, but way back in Ephesians 2, he says this. He says, God has made us what we are. And in our union with Christ, he has created us for a life of good deeds. You guys ready for this? Don't read ahead. <laughs> Which he has already prepared for us to do. The growth that you're trying to experience, the good deeds that you're trying to do, have already been prepared for you. The life of good deeds is already prepared for you. He's created you for the things that you're, that you're destined to do. How do we get to them? Well, he says it's in our union with Christ Jesus that we have a life of good deeds. It's in uniting to Jesus. It's in talking to Jesus. In Ephesians, it's, in, it's our union with Jesus. And later on, he says that Jesus is the head. In Psalm 37, the writer says, it's the Lord who guides us in the way we should go and protects us and protects those who please him. If they fall, remember what I said about the righteous man? This is, this is a connected verse. It, it's almost saying the same thing, right? If they fall, they will not stay down. Why? Because the Lord will help them. In Isaiah, it's, this is a verse that I clung to for months, and I was just reciting over and over and over and over myself. It says, if you wander off of the road to the right or to the left, you will hear his voice behind you saying, here is the road, follow it. And so if I want to experience growth in my life, I don't need to join a six-week master class on growth. I don't need to read a BuzzFeed article on the eight ways to grow and why number seven will shock me. All that I need is to pray to the one who puts the body together, who makes it fit, the one who made me and created me and prepared a life of good deeds for me, the one who guides me in the way that I should go and helps me up when I fall, the one who will say, here is the road anytime that I wander off of it. I just need to be in communion with him. And, and I'm, I'm also not saying that those things are not good. Like, I believe in using the tools and resources that exist. I love John Maxwell, and I study him on growing as a leader. I, I watch tons of YouTube videos on things that I want to get better at. However, they should only ever be supplements to my prayer time with God. Oh, supplementing what God, I know that God has called me to lead. I know that God has called me to be a pastor. And so now I study what other pastors, what other leaders are saying. And, and it's so easy for it to invert. And I've found myself 
listening to those things as the calling in my life and supplementing that with my prayer time. I mean, replacing that with my prayer time. But it's so important, if I want to grow in the right areas of my life, to be talking to the one who made my life and created it and destined me for a life of good deeds in advance. And lastly, under, undergirding all of this, uh, it's not only our prayer and our perseverance, but it's, it's the community and the connections that we allow in our lives that determine our growth. Like if there was a, if there was a Spark Notes summary for the book of Ephesians, it would be this. You need each other. You need each other. He says this at the end of, of the excerpt that, I, that I'm, I have today. He says, so when each separate part works as it should, the whole body builds itself up through love. People. The, the first thing that God called not good was isolation. And all throughout scripture, you will see that God utilizes the people around us to grow and strengthen us. Some of you like it, that's okay. I'll tell you why, because I don't like it either. Like people, Lord, people are my problem. No, 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 like really, like Paul is calling for unity, right? Build each other up. And when you do that, he's like, hey, do you want to stop by being tricked by people? Yeah. Well, grow with people in love for people. Here's the thing. He's using this metaphor of a body as a metaphor uh, for people. And so he's saying that, that when each individual person is working as they should, when each part of the body works as it should, the whole body, look around, the whole body, the whole community. When Jasmine's growing and Sheila's growing and Pastor Roe is growing and Lena's growing and, and Zab is growing, metaphorically, When we are all doing our part, the whole community, the whole community can't help but grow. And what are we growing? We're growing in love. Here's, here's what it is. Your growth. So we can make this selfish. This is what I do. When I want to do like a selfless thing, I try to figure out like what am I going to gain out of it. That's how I trick myself. Here's what it is. Your growth is dependent on the well-being of those around you. Whatever community you're in, in 1 Corinthians 12, he says that when one part of the body, one part of the community suffers, the whole body suffers. So whatever community you're in, your church community, your work community, your home community, whatever it is, it's dependent on being in a thriving community. Your growth is dependent on it. And I hear myself say this, and I think what I think some of you guys are thinking, I'm gonna be in community with myself. Cause I know I work. Like I know I'm functioning fine. It's them. They're the problem. 
They're the ones out there tricking people and doing all that nasty stuff and, and gossiping. It's them. It's not me. I love blaming things on them. Don't you love blaming things on them? It's their fault. They the one who lied on you. They don't want you to succeed. Come on. They, they don't want you to win. They against you. You got to prove them wrong. They the problem. But Paul says we have to grow in love. We have to learn to be in community. And all throughout scripture, from the beginning, from the very beginning, it's just... God says it's not good for man to be alone. There's a proverb that says iron sharpens iron. Uh, uh, there's another scripture that says two people can resist an attack that would defeat one person. Two people could resist a wave that would carry one person. Come on. A rope made of three cords is hard to break. You need people. And I hate verses like this. I hate them. Because they're right. You know which one's my least favorite? It's this verse in Psalm 133. I'm glad it's a psalm because it can't be doctrine. It's like a poem, right? I could be like, eh. Psalm 133. He says, how wonderful it is. How pleasant for God's people. That's us. To live together in harmony. And this is Old Testament. Like, you know, like this is pre-Jesus. This is a mandate, right? How wonderful it is for God's people to live together in harmony. It's like, and then he, he goes on to create this imagery of, of beauty and, and, and amazing things. He says it's like precious anointing oil running down from Aaron's head and beard down to the collar of his robes. It's like the dew of Mount Hermon falling on the hills of Zion. That, you ready for this? That is where the Lord has promised his blessing. Life that never ends. Where God has promised his blessing. Where? Where is that? Where people are living together in harmony. As comfortable as it may be at times, as frustrating and painful, as painful as it may be, the very people that we may have to grow with, it, it, it takes, there, um, there's this uh, public speaker, Brene Brown, she says, there is no connection without vulnerability. So in order to grow with people, I have to be vulnerable. But in order for people to hurt me, I have to be vulnerable. So the very thing that Paul is preaching against, don't be uh, um, separated, be united, don't be tricked by people, what do I do? I unite with people, I have to risk being tricked again, I have to risk being hurt again and there's this part of me that wants to convince you on how like the, the, the reward is greater than the risk like I want to give you three points on why community can help you grow on accountability and wisdom and comfort and all of those things I really wanted to do that I was I was writing these notes I still want to do it now and if I'm being honest I think it's more for myself because it's so scary 
But I think there's just this part of it that's just the way that it is. Like, like I don't know how rain works. I know it falls out the sky. I don't know why it's not fire. And I'm sure you could explain that. But then I would say, well, then why is it that? I don't know why it's oxygen that I have to breathe. And I'm sure you could explain, well, there's something about your lungs that they need oxygen, not carbon dioxide. But then I'd say, but why do, why do plants get to breathe carbon dioxide? Like, why is it that? There just comes to a point where you can break things down and break things down and break things down. But you can always say, yeah, but why? And there's just this part of life that I think that's just the way it was designed to work. I don't know why it's oxygen. I just know that I need oxygen. And if that's the thing that I need to survive, that's the thing I'm going to run to. This entire building right now ran out of oxygen. If carbon monoxide or something, we would flee because our bodies are like desperate for it. I don't know how the internet works. I don't know how Wi-Fi and cellular data work. I just know that if I want to be connected to the internet, if I want access to the internet, I need to be connected to Wi-Fi or cellular service. And in the same way, I just know that if we want to be connected to growth, if we want access to growth in our lives, we gotta be connected to people. If you like me and you've been asking, you've been looking at these last few months saying, where do I grow? Where do I go from here? How do I grow out of this mess? How do I grow into what I'm supposed to be doing? Well, one of the answers is people. We have to stop isolating ourselves to surround ourselves with community right here in this church we are a community and I know I know it's scary trust me I hate the feeling of being known like of knowing that someone knows like the Reuben I don't show everybody I hate that feeling I think it's why I majored in psychology so I can know people before they know me I joke but I'm also half serious Growth is scary. By its very nature, growth is scary. Because what it consists of is an endeavor to know something new. Right? The, the, what, if to say I've grown is to say I know something I didn't. I, I've, I've moved from, and this is why it's scary, the known and into the unknown. And so by its very nature, growing scary because it involves stepping into vulnerable, uncomfortable, scary, uncharted territory. If you want to grow personally, you have to go into the depths of you, the parts of you that you haven't questioned, that you've locked up. If you want to grow with relate in relationships, you have to be willing to do the unknown, the things that, oh, I didn't know that I'm supposed, I could communicate this way. And so now I have to learn a new way to communicate. Even though I was used to communicating this way, you have to do things that feel uncomfortable. But here's what Ephesians says to grow in, that I think is something we can take solace in. Two times he says, he says these two verse, um, things. He says, we shall become mature people, reaching the very height of Christ's full stature. 
And then he says, we must grow up in every way to Christ. And I get this picture of a plant. I don't know if this is true. I just heard it. So it might be like the milk thing, but it's still a great illustration. So if it's true, take it. If it's not, it's a parable. I get this image of a plant, and I heard that, actually, Lee will confirm, they always grow towards the sunlight. That's true. No matter where you put it, it'll always grow towards where the sun is. No matter what context it is growing, no matter what context you are growing in, be it your personal life, your spiritual life, your relational life, it's always growing towards the sun. And if I could invoke wordplay here, could we be like plants who are always growing in and toward the sun? That even in my career, I'm going to grow towards Jesus. He says, in every way, grow up in every way to Christ. He says that we can reach his full stature, that as kind, as good, as patient, as loving, as vulnerable, as, as much as Christ endured, we can reach that stature and when I hear this and I think about how scary growth is I, I, I'm going to be honest I don't know why this is, this is the part where my notes kind of end I just have this connection to Jesus on the boat with the disciples and he's asleep in the middle of a storm there are waves crashing there's wind blowing and Jesus is sleeping and I, I, I know that so often people talk about like I remember seeing a video that it was like you know you have to be careful because the reason disciples freaked out is because they thought that because they were with Jesus the waves weren't going to come and I've seen that lesson taken from it and I, I kind of I think that's a good lesson but I also see like, here's what it is. I know that we're supposed to identify with people who we don't usually identify with in the Bible. Like we identify with David when he's slaying Goliath, not, not when he's betraying his best friend, one of his, one of his key people, not when he's assaulting, using his power to, to coerce a woman into sex. We, we don't identify, we identify with Peter when he is t being told that the, Jesus will build his church on him. We don't identify with Peter when he's denying Jesus three times. And I just know that more often than not, we're, we're supposed to look at these people and go, oh, that could be me. I could be on the boat. Man, I could tell you guys, I have been on the boat with Jesus looking at him saying, aren't you going to save me? I know that. And when I look at it from that perspective, that in the midst of their fear, when they didn't have the correct response, because they, they, they come to him and they're like, don't you care about us? Are we, are we going to drown? And they, they freak out and they wake him up and he says, you guys of little faith. And then he calms the storm. You know what he doesn't do? He doesn't go back to sleep. 
He doesn't go, don't you guys know who I am? And go back to sleep. He doesn't, he doesn't chastise them and then ignore their concern and their problems. And I read that and I say, man, at least they were on the boat. Like how many people weren't even on the boat? And I, I say that because I, I get this connection and I say, hey, as long as we're growing towards Jesus, no matter how many times we fail, even if we don't get it right, you may walk out of here today and not remember a single thing I said but to grow and grow the wrong way. But Jesus will always have the right response in the midst of your wrong answers in the midst of your wrong responses. And so, yeah, it's scary. Yeah, it's like being on a boat in the midst of a storm. Yeah, that's what growth and trusting people and being vulnerable with people can feel like. Like, I've been tricked before. How do I know that trusting this person is not gonna lead to the same wave? And I can tell you, you don't know. But as long as you're growing towards Jesus, it doesn't really matter. Like as long as you're on the boat, like we get on Peter for having sunk, but he was the only disciple who stepped out. And you know what question we don't ask? How Peter got back to the boat. It says he sunk, Jesus picked him up, and they went to the boat. So I'm gonna assume the text isn't clear but I just think it implies that they walked back together we talk about how he sunk we don't talk about the fact that he's the only one who stepped out and maybe maybe it doesn't look like tomorrow you become this master person if you've grown in all this ways but maybe it just looks like you took a step towards growth because you've understood that that what God wants for you is to grow in the things that he's called you to do and that alone growing towards him and being in union with him at the end of the day will always be more than enough. Can we stand as we get ready to pray? I want you guys to know that, that at Kuha, we, we believe in growth. We don't ever want to be a community that just talks about it even. Um, and so like I couldn't, I would be remiss to talk about this message and not let you know that we do have practical ways that we set up so that people can grow in their faith. Uh, um, one of those is something that's been happening, Matrix, it happens every Monday, you can register. Um, it's truly life-changing. Um, and in a few months, um, I'm excited for this, we will be relaunching um, growth track and community groups literally growth track right that's how serious we are about this we, we want people to be more than visitors we want and honestly I, I think the heart of this church is that they will know God and as a result of our impact they will grow in the purpose and the mission and the life that he has for them. That's our heart. And so we're here for that. And I just wanted to let you know, like, stay tuned in the coming months as 2020 
starts up, we, we will be announcing when those things relaunch and how to do them with all the right precautions and all those things. But as of right now, there is Matrix. And you don't have to wait for community group to start a community. There's people here. I'm here. Come talk to me. Say, hey, what are you guys doing after church? There's a bunch of us that get together every week after church just, just to be around each other, just to be in community because that in itself is powerful. Amen. guys. Lord, I ask that you shine today, that, that, that in the midst of all that was said, Lord, like that more than anything, you will connect, that you will meet people right where they are, because you're, you're the one who grows us. You're the one who, who fulfills his mission through us. And I just ask that, that today, that we may be people who are no longer comfortable with stagnation and, 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 and sitting where we are, but, but moving forward in whatever context that is, that, that we may look at our personal lives and find areas of growth, that we may look at our interpersonal lives and find areas of growth, and that we may look at our spiritual lives and find areas that we can grow and surrender that to you and ask, Lord, how is it that you are shaping me? And apply these principles that we may persevere, that we may pray, and we may connect with people. In your name, and if you're here still, and, and maybe maybe you're you're new to this community, you never heard about this Jesus guy. I want to invite you to know him. And this is really what it is at the heart of it. it it's simply this: the reason I believe in Jesus and place my faith in Him every day is because I've realized that my life in His hands is far better than my life in my own. I've tried. I've tried. And the promise of this faith, the promise of Christianity, is that God will lead you. That's all that it is. And so if you're wanting that today, if you're, if you're wanting to, to no longer live life on your terms, but on His, and experience the peace and the blessing and the love, all these things that we talked about today, all that He has for us, I'm going to give you guys a quick three count. Just, you could just kindly raise your hand so I know who I'm praying for. Um, and then we'll say a prayer together. So on three. One, two, three. Online, you could just maybe send, send a little hand wave and we'll pray with you. So I just want you to repeat this prayer after me. Jesus, I give you my life. Today I'm made new. Today I surrender to your purpose. Fill me with your love. And thank you for your sacrifice. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Let's celebrate whoever gave their life today online. We thank you so much. Welcome to the family. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Our mission here at Christ Uncensored House of Worship is to love God, love people, and love life. Kuhau is a place where our story is still being written. Together, we can do more than we can ever do alone. 
If this message has encouraged you and you wish to partner with us in taking this message all across the world, go to kuhau.com give or follow us on any social media platform. Thank you in advance for your support and generosity. Come and begin a whole new journey with us.